0: This is in the zone. It's Maurice Drummond, Maurice. That's an introduction that I, you know what? Can we just start it over? I, I want to hear that introduction again. <laughs> you guys, you guys really know how to warm up a guest, man. I, I really, I'm always honored to come on with you guys. Hey, thanks a lot, fellas, and um, you know what? You're doing an unbelievable job, and uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, for letting me come on. On the In the Zone Network. City to city, state to state, worldwide. You're listening to the In The Zone Network. This is- Welcome to the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price. Checking in today as we stand three days away from the start to the NBA season. I'm excited. I know a lot of y'all out there are excited uh, about this upcoming season and what uh, is in store for us with some of our favorite teams and favorite players. Uh, But as y'all know, here at the Price Check, we love celebrating when players, coaches, whoever, you name it, When somebody secures the bag, we want to make sure that we shout them out. Today's first Secure the Bag shout-out is extra special because it goes to one of St. Louis's own, Mr. Bradley Beal, who just locked up a two-year, $72 million extension with the Washington Wizards. Um, Now, this is a small part of the story because after this extension kicks in which i believe happens in the 2021 season um he has an opt-out clause after that following year that could potentially net him up to 200 and i believe 60 million dollars it's a lot of money but young man keep getting paid St. Louis, we, you know, definitely excited about uh, what Brad Beal has in store this season. Maybe not for his team, Washington Wizards, but for Brad himself, we rooting for you. Wish you nothing but luck. Um, second person getting a security bag, shout out today, is Mr. Pascal Siakam of the defending champion Serrano Raptors, and it is still weird to me saying defending champion Serrano Raptors, but here's where we are in 2019. So, um, news broke here within the last couple minutes that the Raptors decided to lock up Mr. Siakam with a four-year, $130 million extension. Yet a, 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 just a boatload of money, yet again. Just, hey, everybody loves it. Secure the bag, everybody get paid, we love it. Just, it's joy. Joy. Joy, just like my man Eddie Murphy said, coming to America, joy. We love it. I am very happy to be here. Secure the bag, all of y'all. So into the rest of the the topics here i'm um, gonna hit real quick on kind of wrapping up this whole china story in the nba from the preseason um we did get mr lebron james of the los angeles lakers who uh, kind of got pulled into a little bit of an impromptu um, press conference the other day on the lakers return to the states from china uh where he got into a little bit of a tight spot Um, in saying that he felt like Daryl Moore was misinformed on the China story which I think everybody understood where LeBron was going with that comment but LeBron is also smart enough to know that the way that came out was not the way that he probably intended so and saying that Daryl was misinformed was not saying that Daryl was misinformed in whole on what he tweeted about in China, but instead what you know those tweets could mean for the league and for the players um, and you know the business endeavors that they had in China. So. That got him into a little bit of hot water. We saw jerseys being burned in China, you know, of LeBron. So not the greatest scene for him. Um, He has since, you know, made some tweets to try to clear up his statement and also uh, went as far as saying that he's not going to speak on the situation anymore. So there you have it wrapping that up now into the real business of the day which um, we're going to spend a little bit of time going through what i call my nba tiers and, and rankings here of teams going into the season got this thing broken down into four uh tiers of teams we'll also go into some season predictions about who i expect to go to the playoffs uh mvp and who i expect to see you know playing in june for the larry o'brien trophy so Nonetheless, let me give you the categories here that we're falling into for these NBA tiers. The first tier up at the top is title or bust. Basically, what this means is these teams in this category, if they do not win an NBA championship, it's probably going to be looked at as a failed season. So, have that category. You've got your one move away contenders. It's actually the short or smallest category that I have so far uh, with some teams where they're not quite. At the level of being a championship team yet But could very well get there uh, With you know maybe one small tweak To the roster You got next The good but not great group And that's you know the teams that are probably Going to be in the playoff hunt um, Right around anywhere between you know, The 6 and 10 seeds within their respective conferences um, And then you have A little fun category that I like to call Tanktastic what Tastic is, is teams that, while they may not be tanking for the year intentionally, uh, probably going to be in the lottery somewhere. So, we'll go through all of these here really quickly, um, just to talk about some teams that I think can maybe move out of those different tiers that they're in currently, uh, as well as some that I still have a little bit of questions about. So, um, here in the title or bus category, we have a total of seven teams. Of those seven teams, five of them reside in the Western Conference. So, starting with those Western Conference teams, you do have the two L.A. teams, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers. I think it's pretty self-explanatory for those teams. They made the two, um, you know, biggest splashes of the offseason in terms of the Lakers landing Anthony Davis away from the Pelicans. And you got, um, you know, Quite honestly the biggest move in a few Off seasons by the Clippers being able to get Finals MVP Kawhi Leonard In addition to uh, trading For Paul George so those Two teams right there at the top I expect You know, those two in some way, shape, or form to be the best two teams in the Western Conference when it's all said and done. Uh, Probably playing, you know, for the Western Conference Championship come the playoffs. So you got them. You've also got the Rockets, the Nuggets, and the Jazz that I have in this category right now. Um, Rockets are here for one reason and one reason only. They're bringing back basically the same team. Only difference is they upgraded Chris Paul to Russell Westbrook. I think that's a win if you look at the offseason. Um, still a little bit of questions about how they're going to mesh and gel together. Um, but I do believe that whenever you can put two MVPs together, um, you're at least moving in the right direction. Houston's a team that I think is definitely going to be in the mix come playoff time and trying to make a deep playoff run. Um, the Nuggets and the Jazz are two teams that I think are in very interesting situations. Um the Nuggets primarily because they are also bringing back the same team but they have kind of taken a step every year here the last couple years so if you go back to two years ago they were eliminated from playoff contention on the very last night of the season Uh, last year they ended up being the second seed in the Western Conference so you know They've shown that they can kind of take those lumps and improve. Um, now it's going to be much tougher this year because everybody in the West seems to have gotten better. Um, but you got Nikola Jokic, who is just an absolute, um, you know, beast and a playmaker. Does everything that you can ask for your superstar player to do. Um, and you got a great supporting cast around him. I think Jamal Murray is in, you know, for another leap. Uh, he's going to have a good season coming up this year. Um, and I like their supporting cast. You got Will Barton. They add. Added Jeremy Grant, Um, you know, you still got guys like Monty Morris, Malik Beasley, those guys who just know their roles and can play those roles. Um, Now it's about how they respond to that, you know, higher level of competition competition and having, you know, a little bit of a target on the back. You know, when you've been one of the best teams in the West, teams start gunning for you. Um, and I think that's going to be something that we have to be on the lookout for and how they respond to that now. That also is going to be the case for the Jazz, who went out, made the move to go get Mike Conley. Great, great move to upgrade at point guard over, you know, the Ricky Rubio's Dante Exum's that they've had here the past few years. Um, you know, they went out and got uh, Boyan Bogdanovich from, um, the Indiana Pacers, as well, who had a hell of a season last year, and I think somebody who's going to add a lot to what they do on offense. Uh, there were a lot of times last year where they were just so stagnant on offense because the only person who could really go get a bucket for them was Donovan Mitchell. So you've got, you know, improvements to that starting unit, you know, they got a little bit of depth right now. Jeff Green, Royce O'Neal, those types of guys. My one concern for them, I guess, would be you know, the guard situation beyond Conley and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you know, they did go out and get Emmanuel Moutier, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but you know, somebody who's still in his, you know, early to mid-20s that could still, you know, provide you some good minutes off the bench. So, the one other thing that I have to question about the Jazz is what happens when you do get into those situations where it's crunch time, you know, down five with two minutes to go. Can you rely on, you know, that backcourt to be the only source of offense for you? Um, because you have a guy like Rudy Gobert, who we know is constantly in talks to be defensive player of the year, you know, defensive player of the year last year, it might be defensive player of the year again this year. Um... What happens when you can't rely on him to go get a bucket? Joe Ingles, while he you know has his flashes, is not a superstar by any means. Um, same thing for Bogdanovich. I think he's good, but he's not by any means a great player. So um, the improvements are there, but we do have to see what they do. Um, you know, lining up with that higher level of competition. So those are the five teams in the Western Conference that I feel fall into the title of bus category um, I'm thinking that all of them are probably going to be somewhere between 50 and 55 wins when it's all said and done this year. Uh, so, going to be a dog fight up at the top of the West to see um, who claims that top spot gets home court advantage, things like that when it comes playoff time. So, shifting gears to the East, uh, the only two teams here in the Title bus category, the 76ers and the Bucks. Um, starting with Philly, I think the 76ers are probably, if I had to put... You know my money on this right now. I think the 76ers are the team that are going to win the East. Um, I think Ben Simmons is going to take another step up this year. We all, you know, went crazy over his video shooting threes or shooting a three and making it, um, uh, here a couple weeks ago. Um, but even beyond that, I think he's ready to kind of, you know, silence the doubt that has surrounded his game here uh, over the past few years, and you know. Signing a guy like Al Horford, who has shown his ability to anchor a defense and things like that uh, in his career, I think that's going to be huge for them. Not only you know just simply adding him as another asset and as another piece, but then also uh, when you factor in you know Joel Embiid and his health and trying to make sure that he's at his peak. Um, come playoff time You have a guy like Al Horford Who can take pressure off of him uh, Throughout the regular season And not put as many miles on his legs uh, During the regular season When you just need to really make sure That all of your best players are there uh, When the games matter the most So I like the Al Horford sign I love the draft pick Matisse Theibel. Um I think this guy If the, my memory serves me correctly I'll have to do some, some research on this And fact check to fact check this one for you guys Um, he averaged two steals and two blocks per game in college last year Um, so that typically is something that translates well over to the NBA for guys who come out of college and are lockdown defenders. Uh, that's something that usually does not leave them as they get into the league. So excited to see what that team does. If you had you know one area of doubt for them, it might just be the depth. Um, you know they've got Josh Richardson, they got Tobias Harris in that starting lineup with guys like Embiid, Simmons, and Horford. Um, but behind them, you know you got Thybul, but not a whole lot else. So we'll see how that plays out for them they could always go out and get somebody on the you know free agent or buyout market uh, but you know we'll see how that plays out for them But I think you know when it actually starts here in the regular season they are going to be a hell of a team to try to deal with on a nightly basis with uh, their ability to play defense and the amount of size that they have uh, on the basketball court so Last but not least, here in the title bus category, you have the Milwaukee Bucks, um, who you know still roster the reigning MVP, the Greek Freak, Uh, Giannis. Here, I I think he is going to have a special season. I'm on record last week was saying that I think he's going to repeat as the NBA MVP, and I definitely do still believe that. Um, He's shown an ability to look comfortable shooting a jump shot now, which is not something we could say you know a year or two ago, Um, and. The only I guess, knock that I have on them right now is that I don't think the supporting cast this year is quite as good as what it was last year. Um, losing Malcolm Brogdon is going to be a really big pain area for them. Um, not solely because he's in Indiana now, but also because they didn't do a whole lot to replace him. Um, you're relying heavily on... Eric Bledsoe who did not show up well in the playoffs for you last year you're relying heavily on George Hill who is just another year older and further removed from his prime and you're also relying heavily on Wesley Matthews who I mean we haven't seen really good basketball out of Wesley Matthews in years at this point so relying heavily on a lot of guys who just have not been able to show you that level of play recently I think is a concern Um, But when you have a guy like Giannis who averaged like 27-12-6 last year who could still improve, I think that makes up the difference in a lot of areas for you. So I fully expect both of those teams to be somewhere around, you know, 55 wins or so as well. Um, I think Philly... They could probably win 60 games If everything panned out right for them They had the right level of health Um, Because defensively I think they're going to be able to throw So much size and so many bodies At people that um, it's really going to Wear teams down uh, On a game to game basis so those are all the teams that I think are kind of right there in the title hunt. Um, and we'll get, you know, towards the end of the podcast, we'll get to uh, my predictions on who I believe, you know, will be playing for the NBA title here at the end of the season. But next category, we'll go down to the teams that I feel like are one move away. So there are only four teams in this category: Miami Heat, Indiana Pacers, Boston Celtics, and the Portland Trailblazers. Now, the Heat, I feel like. Might be the safest bet as of now to be able to claim like that third spot in the East behind both Philly and Milwaukee. Um, They went out, got Jimmy Butler. They went out, um, drafted Tyler Hero. Um, You know, any team that Eric Spolstra coaches is going to. Uh, you know be able to provide you a team that goes out nightly and plays defense um so uh you know really interested to see just how they pull some of those pieces together now they also with being in this category I think the one move that they have to make is figuring out how to upgrade the Gorn Dragic spot on that roster so you know They did a lot of tinkering at point guard last year When he was hurt Using Justice Winslow at the point guard It actually was a lineup that worked out very well for them um, We all know Jimmy Butler is an upgrade over Josh Richardson At, at this point um, So you've got most of the pieces there to be able to kind of push towards contention. I'm a big fan of Bam Adebayo. I think he is, you know, special player down low. Um, but you can try to piece some of those different contracts, like a Kelly Olynyk, James Johnson, Goran drogic to maybe make a move for Chris Paul and get him out of OKC. Who knows, we'll get to the Raptors here a little bit later, but what if they decide to blow this thing up and Kyle Lowry becomes available? So you've got ways to try to, you know, shake things up and make that upgrade over Warren Drogic. But even if you don't make that move, I still like the Heat. Maybe they're not a title team as constructed, um, but I do think they could be the third best team in the East throughout the regular season. So um, continuing with the East, Boston Celtics, um, which – Look, I like going out and getting Kimball Walker. Of course, Jason Tatum, another homegrown St. Louis native. Love how he you know, played in the World Championships. Um, and he looks taller for some reason, which I, I didn't understand. But they were playing him as a small ball five in some of those games, which might even be a wrinkle that Boston tries to use this year. But um, I think the one nitpick I have with their roster right now is that losing Al Horford who means so much to them or meant so much to them on the defensive end I don't know how you can feel comfortable replacing him with a guy like Enos Cantor. Kanter while we know what he does from you know an offensive standpoint specifically when it comes to offensive rebounds um, he is a turnstile on defense just lay up lines whatever you want to call it he's giving it all up so what do you do to try to upgrade that area of your team? Because they know they're going to be able to score. Um, I'm you know, a little nervous for them about this whole Jalen Brown thing, which that might end up being their trade piece. Um, you know, he came out this weekend and wanting a bigger deal than what they have reportedly been willing to offer him. I think the numbers that they've thrown out so far have been four years for $80 million. He's looking to get a bigger deal than that, Um maybe he balls out this year and earns that type of deal not sure but it may even be something to where Boston looks up and says okay we know we're not going to pay him what he wants let's try to see what we can get for him um They may be an interesting trade partner for the next team that I'm about to bring up, which is the Indiana Pacers. Um, It's come out in recent days that they have started to look for trade partners um, to start engaging the talks for big man DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis, fine young player, um, son of former NBA player Arvidas Sabonis. Very good skill set, a guy who can be very productive in the league, but they Know and probably should have known Before now that He and Miles Turner just can't be on the Court together uh, Sabonis Is not a fan of coming off the bench he wants To be a starter uh, and I don't See how you start him and Miles Turner Together with the likes Of Brogdon and TJ Warren and whoever Else you're going to have to piece in that lineup right now With Oladipo out um, and still Feel good about your chances So you know Maybe is it something where they look at each other and say, Okay, hey, I'll give you Jalen Brown for Sabonis. Maybe that's a move that makes sense for both teams. I don't I don't really know that I would make that move if I'm Indiana just because, you know, you kinda have a lot of different wings on the roster right now. If I'm Indiana, I'm probably moving some bonus for somebody, you know, that I could probably play at the point guard or off guard type of position, either starting next to an Ola Depot or Brogdon or even coming off the bench behind one of those guys as an upgrade over um, you know, the Aaron holidays of the world, things like that. So um, for y'all who are just joining us, this is the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price, as we look to wrap up our uh, one move away contender category with the only team that sits in this category from the western conference uh the Portland Trail Blazers now if you told me that the Blazers would win 54 games and be like the second seed in the west wouldn't be shocked by that I also wouldn't be shocked if you told me that they're gonna win like 44 games and be the eighth seed I have no idea what to think of their offseason moves and kind of what they did in wake of losing uh, Nurkic last year towards the end of the regular season. They replaced or didn't replace him, but added Hassan Whiteside to make up for the time that he's going to be out this year. Now, mind you, he had that really gruesome leg injury, and by he, I mean Nurkic, um, had that really gruesome leg injury uh, like mid-April. There's no telling when he's going to be ready to return. My guess would be it probably won't be until after the All-Star break at the very earliest. So if you look at that, Whiteside is not a guy I've been a big fan of here over the years on Miami's roster just because I don't think he plays very hard. Um, And he's not a guy who seems to be able to stay out of his own way on the court either, whether it be foul trouble, technical fouls, what have you. There's always something going on to where he's not available to really play the type of minutes that you need him to play. Um, And I also believe that if you're making the move to go get Whiteside, you don't have confidence in Zach Collins, which might be a problem at this point. So one move for them that I think could be made, and it's been talked about for years now and probably won't happen, but still a fun move to think. Is do they call Cleveland and try to get Kevin Love? Now feel how you wanna feel about Kevin Love. He's a he's still an upgrade over what they have at the four right now. They don't have Mo Harkless anymore. They don't have Alpharuka Minu anymore. Those were kinda of like their defending switchable types of wings that could also play the four. So They need some type of upgrade at that spot. He would probably be their best option. I'm just not sure, you know, if they want to give up what it may take to get him. Uh, Nor, you know, do we know that Cleveland really wants to make him available. So we'll see how that situation pans out throughout the year. But I think if they do not make a move, the Blazers are one of those teams in the West um, that – could very well fall out of the playoffs after making it last year um, and we know that you know looking at who may moves this season and kind of where things stand somebody has to fall out of the playoffs from last year's group to this year um, so are the Blazers that team maybe not I think You know, having Dame and CJ is enough to get you to the playoffs, but I'm also not sure that that's going to get you more than maybe, you know, a six or seven seed in the West right now with how some of these other teams are built. Um, Roster to roster, I don't think they're better than Utah. I don't think they're better than Denver. I don't think they're better than Houston don't think they're better than either LA team so they're going to have their work cut out for them right now so um moving on to the good but not great category and we'll kind of start to run through these a little bit quicker just so that we can also get into the award predictions and things like that um there's a lot of teams kind of grouped up here I'll run through the list I'm not going to go in depth about all of them but we'll kind of hit on some of the more interesting uh teams that are here so in this grouping I have the Warriors the Nets, the Raptors, the Kings, the Spurs, Pelicans, Mavericks, Magic, and Pistons. Pistons, uh, I think it's the same song that we've been singing for them the past couple of years. Um, they'll probably be the seventh or eighth seed in the East. They'll probably get swept in the first round and it'll just be that so we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on them i don't really know that they have any moves to make to really make that roster better thank god for them that reggie jackson's contract is finally expiring this year because he has basically been a zero for them the entire time he's been in that jersey um, so we'll move on from the pistons um, the spurs are also another interesting candidate for me to fall out of the playoff race and here's why Damari Carroll and Rudy Gay cannot be like your go-to wings in 2019 they still have DeMar Derozan. and they still have LaMarcus Aldridge we know Greg Popovich is one of the best coaches in NBA history I get it at some point though all good things must come to an end and I think this is the year that we start to see that Spurs train finally slow down um just I don't see you know even if they make the playoffs they're not getting out of the first round and having to see any of the teams that we've talked about earlier in this podcast Um, so I just I think this is just a year for them where it starts to slow down for them I honestly wouldn't even be Surprised if they started to see what they could get for guys like DeRozan and Aldridge in the trade market this year. Uh, you know, a slow start could just kind of force them to say, hey, let's play our young guys, see what we have, let Pop decide, you know, how long he wants to try to keep this thing going for himself uh, and, and start that process of transitioning into a different type of team. So... Um, Next on the list, the Mavericks I'm just really excited to see what Chris Stapp, Porzingis looks like coming off of this ACL injury, you know, we'll be able to See him on an NBA court for the first time In like 18 months um, I'm excited to see what he and Luka look like Don't think that they're going to be a playoff team But I do think they're going to be a lot better than what People may expect them to be So, um, Pelicans Down in New Orleans the Zion is going to miss a few weeks Here now at the beginning of the season Hate to see that for that young man Um, I think it just comes down to he's got to shed some pounds now to be able to make sure that he keeps his lower body at at good health. Um, Not having him, though, in this early part of the season, I think is going to – have a lot more ramifications on their end of the season result than what a lot of people may realize. Um, This was a team that I thought could probably sneak into the AC in the Western Conference. I don't know that that's still going to be the case if Zion's going to miss time. And then we also don't know if this is going to be the only injury that he has to deal with uh, throughout the season. But um, I've been a big Lonzo fan. You know, granted, I was willing to drive him to the airport to get Anthony Davis, but... (laughs) When it comes to somebody who can be a playmaker, get others involved and just, you know, play defense, rebound, do all the things that you ask for out of a point guard and your, you know, kind of floor general. I think Lonzo still has the potential to be that. Um, And I'm kind of excited to see what he and Zion can look like together in uh, New Orleans. But again, good but not great team. Um, Next up, the Kings. I think the Kings are one of the dark horse teams in the West right now to where um, they probably could get into the playoffs. They've added, you know, Trevor Ariza, Dwayne, Denman. and they got some veterans on that roster. Um, Now, the one thing that is going to be an issue for them is that Buddy Heald, um, he went out, you know, kind of after one of the preseason games here early in the week and said, hey, you know, The money that they're offering me right now, if that's the case, I just go play elsewhere. If they're not going to offer me a long-term extension, let me go find a team that will. So... If you're the Kings, you got to find a way to just go ahead and and pony up and let Buddy secure his bag because I think, you know, for somebody as talented as he's shown himself to be over the past couple years with the young core that you have, you definitely have to try to maximize that uh, while you have the chance. And I think, you know, with De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, Trevor Reza, you got the other Boganovich brother, you've got, you know, uh, Dwayne Demon, you got the pieces to be able to make a, you know, really good team as long as everything jails right um, now as y'all can probably imagine I'm not the biggest Luke Walden fan given how some of the things transpired in Los Angeles with him um, it's just kind of how he you know manipulated lineups and things like that but um, he does you know have the ability to get a lot out of young players as we saw you know when he first took over the team so I think they'll be okay um, you know Probably could get, like I said, 7th or 8th seed in the West. Uh, But even if they don't, I think they'll still be in that hunt come playoff time. So um, Magic... I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here again. Another team like the Pistons, where they probably will be kind of around that 7th or 8th seed in the East, probably going to get their doors blown off when the playoffs come, and it'll be that. Um, Excited to see what Markel Fultz is, though. So, like, you know, what we could potentially see from him this upcoming season as well. um, The three teams that are going to be the most interesting here, the Warriors, Nets, and the Raptors, Start with the Warriors. I've kind of hit on them at various other points in these podcasts where don't really know how to feel with them. D'Angelo Russell is not going to give them what Clay gives them on defense. He can make up a lot of what they're going to miss from Clay during the season on offense. But... I- I just don't know how they are going to be able to defend at a high level, um, you know, when it comes to night in and night out, having to see like the LeBron James, Paul George, uh, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, those types of guys night in and night out. They don't have the lockdown defender that you need right now to be able to compete at a high level with those other teams in the West. Um, now they could also just get such a you know a ridiculous Steph season that um, it doesn't matter. You know they could still push for like a five or six seed if he has a season like he had you know in his two MVP runs here a few years back. So. That's a team where, again, I could see them falling out of the playoff hut. I can still see them being, you know, a top five or six team in the West. Um, it's a little all over the map with them right now, but I think the early part of the season will be the indicator of what they're going to be long term. Um, I don't honestly think we see Clay at all during the regular season. He tours ACL, you know, in June. As much as we've seen guys come back from ACL injuries quicker than expected, I just don't think they're going to try to put that type of pressure on him given what he's meant to that franchise and what he's going to continue to mean to that franchise now that they've given him another extension. So um, the Nets, we kind of know the expectations aren't quite what – they would have been had Kevin Durant been healthy and you know ready to play, um, but I still think they're going to be a team that kind of hangs around that anywhere between four and six range in the East. Um, they were a good team last year. They got Kyrie Irving. You know, you add DeAndre Jordan. Um, you know, they got the pieces. It's just again, they got to temper the expectations a little bit without KD. Um, and then the Raptors. You know, they are the defending champs but they could also very well just decide to blow this thing up midway through the season and say okay hey we got our championship thank you Kawhi everybody else y'all are expendable and we'll start this thing over and now rebuild around Pascal Siakam now that we've given him his extension Um, now I don't know what teams are out there that are going to trade for some of the contracts that they have to give up you know a Mark Gasol a Kyle Lowry, those guys—you um, know—they have a lot of money left on those deals, um, so there may not be teams with the cash space, or even with you know the types of things that they want to give up um, to make those deals. So it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out for them because their ceiling—they could still be a top four team in the East, but at the same time, they could also be. A team that just takes this thing out and tries to get another cornerstone to build around in the draft. So, um, good but not great categories done now. Uh, for those of y'all who are just joining us, this is the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, uh, Josh Price, talking through uh, my NBA tiers here. We'll run through this tanktastic tier very, very quickly. Uh, because, again, these are the bottom feeders. These are the teams that we don't expect to see come playoff time. These are the teams that are, you know, going to have their games bypassed on NBA League Pass. We're not watching, y'all. We know what to expect. We know that these teams are probably going to be anywhere between 20 and, you know, 32 wins and, you know, playing for next year. They're playing for something bigger, playing for the bigger picture. So one team that a lot of people may not assume would have been, in this category is Minnesota Temple Wolves. Got Carl Anthony Towns. I like Towns. I like his ability to put up big numbers, but I think he is your stereotypical good stats, bad team player. Andrew Wiggins, you know, he got mad this week about not being I think in like the ESPN top 100 rankings. Play better. Like, that's what it comes down to. If you don't like your ranking, play better. Because What we've seen from him so far has been disastrous. Just, he's been a zero. There's times where we look up, you know, in Timberwolves games and he's just in the corner and away from the play, disappearing for, you know, minutes at a time. So, um, I think they're going to be bad. The West is going to be so good that they are going to have to be teams that get beat up on. I think this is going to be one of those teams that gets beat up on night in and night out. Um, because, one, you're still relying on guys like Jeff Teague and, and those types of players to give you you know, serious minutes. I just don't see their path to success this year. Um, Suns are another team um, in the West. I just, again, somebody's got to get beat up on in this conference. They might be better than they were last year, but that's not really a hard task to accomplish. So, there you have it with the Phoenix Suns. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder, I put them in tastic because... While I do not think that the beginning of the season is going to start in a way that looks as though they are just, you know, playing for the future, I think eventually they do find somebody to take on Chris Paul, um, so that they can start to build around, you know, Shea Gilders Alexander and try to, you know, create a path for themselves with a younger roster. So, um, Danilo Gallinari, love, you know, how he played for the Clippers. He's probably gonna get hurt at some point throughout the year, I definitely don't wish that but his injury history would indicate that There's some form of injury that is going to cause him to miss time uh, throughout this regular season. So, um, you know, they probably are also going to try to find somebody to take on Steven Adams. Um, Again, not sure who that team is going to be, but I think the Thunder are going to be one of those teams that are right around, you know, anywhere between 30 and 33 wins. Um, And again, looking towards the future with how they want to build their roster. So, um, Grizzlies, also one of those teams. Love the combination of John Moran and Jaron Jackson, but I do not love anything else about that roster (laughs) so there'll be another team trying to get you know another cornerstone piece uh in the draft this upcoming year wizards we touched on brad beal getting the extension john wall still out after you know tearing his achilles not sure what that is going to mean for him long term they'll be able to get the insurance money from paying his contract you know this upcoming year so they probably won't look to move him but I think that's somebody that they're going to try to move um you know going into next offseason uh I also just want to see what Brad does now and if he decides that hey I've got my money but I do want to be somewhere else what that would mean for the league because there are a number of teams that can use Brad Beal's services um and trying to go out and get uh, a championship so we will also now move on to the Chicago Bulls, who I think are a little bit more talented roster wise than what people may give them credit for. However, I don't think that they're going to be a good team. I like Wendell Carter, like Laurie Markenen. You know, I like the draft pick of Kobe White getting a guy like Sadoransky from Washington, you know, a good veteran player. Got Otto Porter, a guy who was just competent, can go get his shot on offense. Zach Levine, a guy who we've been kind of waiting to see take his leap the past few years. Finally looked like he was starting to put it together a little bit towards the tail end of last season. You got Thaddeus Young, you know, just a good veteran basketball player on that team. I like Chandler Hutchison, those types of guys. But, again, I just don't see their path to you know, anything more than, let's say, 33 to 35 wins. Um, They desperately need, like, another star to emerge there, and it may not be on the roster currently. So we'll see how Chicago's season pans out. Um, Next, the Hawks probably going to be the worst defensive team in the league this year, but at the very least a team that'll be fun to watch on league pass with guys like Trey Young and John Collins, players like that um, but we know what their destiny is They'll be in the lottery again next year Again trying to find another you know player To be able to add to that young core that they have um, But I do think if you give them Another year or two This is a team that Given the way that they started to construct this roster Could you know definitely be dangerous um, Depending on what other pieces They add to the mix So um, these next three We're definitely going to run through really quick The Cavs, Knicks, and the Hornets I think in some way shape or form those are going to be your three worst records in the league Um, the Knicks I mean you got like five power forwards three centers and then Dennis Smith Jr. and R.J. Barrett like it's it's not anything to be you know inspired by there in New York uh, in Madison Square Garden feel bad for the Knicks fans out there but I mean, they probably won't win anything until James Dolan decides to sell that team. Um, You've got the Charlotte Hornets, who I don't think even intentionally tried to tank, but they've given money, crazy amounts of money, to guys like Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Nick Batum, um, you know, Cody Zeller, I think, what is it? Um, Marvin Williams go, like the list goes on and on with guys who just are not producing major numbers and getting paid in a major way again I think they probably if I had to put money on one of these three teams being the worst in the league it just might be sharp um, and then last but not least the Cavs I mean what can you do it's Cleveland it, it's, I'm sorry but you know, Kevin Love's probably going to end up somewhere else. They got, you know, the young guards and they're trying to build around. Went out and got John Beeline from the University of Michigan to come in and be the head coach. So, best of luck to Cleveland, but it's just not in the cards now. What I will say, though, NBA, if I can go ahead and just put my my word in now, please, 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 whatever you do, do not allow Cleveland to get another number one pick in the draft for at least like 10 more years. Because, I mean, they had that that stretch where they got three number one draft picks in four years and they have nothing to show for it now. Yeah, just don't reward them with that anymore. So, please don't. Just don't do it. So, that wraps up the NBA tier as part of this thing. Um... Now we'll get really quickly before we go and wrap up into uh, some of my predictions for the year. So, MVP, y'all already know we are going with Giannis again. I think, you know, if he can go from just simply averaging 27, 12, and 6 to let's say averaging 29, 30 points a game 13 rebounds and another six assists while also still putting up his standard defensive numbers and that team is still able to be one of the best two teams in the east I think it's an easy bet for him be the MVP of the league again um, defensive player of the year you're probably going to see Rudy Gobert win that again Um, again he's lights out on the defensive side of things and I think Utah as a whole is just going to be a really good defensive team and a team that's going to be hard to score on for a lot of uh, teams there in the league Um, now from a playoff standpoint I think I kind of talked on it already with you know my locks in the West really being the Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, Nuggets, Jazz. I'll throw the Blazers in there. I'll throw the Warriors in there. I don't feel great about that one. I'll throw them in. Um, and I think the AC comes down to like the Kings or the Mavs, depending on how things shake out. Um, I think the road to the finals goes through LA in some way, shape, or form, whether it be the Clippers or the Lakers. Um, the Clippers are going to be outstanding defensively, I think the one area of concern for them in matching up with a team like the Lakers would just be, who do you have that can simply slow down Anthony Davis? I don't know that they have that person on the roster right now. Montrezl Harrell is good. Zubach, think of him, whatever you want to think. I just don't see Anthony Davis not being able to have his way with those individuals. Um, And I think you know, also from the Lakers side of this, and what I've seen in the preseason And just kind of watching how they've played I think LeBron is on a mission this year, man He has played with a level of You know, intensity that I have not seen Out of him in the regular season In a while, let alone preseason games So, I think that is going to be A dogfight when it comes in the West Of course, y'all know my rooting interests Would have me picking the Lakers But we'll save that for a later time um, In the East You know Honestly, no matter who makes the playoffs, I just it's gonna come down to the Bucks and the 76ers. Um, if I had to put my stamp on the NBA finals right now, my picks to make it would probably be the Lakers and the 76ers. I think those two teams match up very well against one another. I think the 76ers in that matchup biggest question for them is just going to be what do you do in terms of guarding the likes of lebron james do you put a ben simmons on him for seven games do you trust your other guys on their roster how do you handle that um and then for the lakers it's just about you know making sure that you can continue to play with the amount of defensive energy and defensive prowess that could potentially lead you to a championship so um that kind of you know wraps up our you know preview of the season here today A lot to be excited about, a lot to look forward to come Tuesday. We'll get the Raptors and Pelicans, um, the first game of the night on TNT. We'll also get Lakers and Clippers as the nightcap. Of course, go Lakers. Probably not going to be watching Raptors and Pelicans now that Zion's not in the game. But, again, it's the NBA coming back for the first time in months. How can I pass up on an opportunity to watch a good basketball? So, um, next time that you hear from us, it will be after these games have been played. You know, the first week of the regular season has started. We'll be able to see how some of this shakes out. um, And, you know, see how some of these predictions have started to to play out and whether or not they could actually come to fruition. So, um, until then, though... I definitely appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. Definitely, you know, rate us, review us wherever you listen to your podcast—whether it's Apple, Anchor, Google, um, any of the podcast platforms out there. Thank you to Inson A Train, Lane for everything here on the production side of things. This has been another episode of the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price. Checking out. Amen. 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 Yes. Sir. Can I get an amen? I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise the name. Lord, Lord. Mm-hmm.